are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Thursday edition of Locked On NBA. I am Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets. He is Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. Matt, Ben Simmons and his time in Philadelphia appears to be drawing to an end. Oh, this is messy. This is so messy, Jackson. I'm so excited to talk to you about this because there's so many layers that I think that most fans don't realize what's going on. It's so great. I'm enjoying very much this drama, especially we got Joel Embiid's tweets. We've got Kendrick Perkins involved. It's great. Everything. It's just, it's fantastic. We just finished talking about Rich Paul, too, in our last episode. And so that's another layer to what's going on here. His connection with Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey. There's a lot going on here. But before we dive into all of the, you know, the nitty gritty, the juicy details on all of this, a quick little bit of news right at the top. Clint Capella and the Atlanta Hawks agreeing to a two-year, $46 million extension. So good for Clint Capella and the Hawks, you know, coming to terms on that agreement. His contract originally uh, agreed upon when he was still a Houston Rocket before being traded to Atlanta. Big part of what they're doing down there. The young core now fully locked in for the future with Trey Young's extension, John Collins extended, and now Clint Capella receiving an extension as well. So that young core coalescing, growing together, really exciting stuff happening in Atlanta. But Matt... Ben Simmons. <laughs> it's, it's so much going on. What direction do you want to go first here with this? Other than like, I mean, we can hit, we're going to hit like, I mean, we got perspective trade, trade hypotheticals. The, the, like you mentioned the tweets already. Where do you want to go first? There's so many angles. Okay. So here's uh, let's start here. Let's start here. So reportedly Ben Simmons is a, has told the front office that he doesn't intend to report to camp. Um, I can tell you that like, Everyone, this wasn't when I when this news broke that he was like had told them he wanted out and was not going to report to camp. Like I was not phased at all because everybody in the NBA has been operating under the assumption that he has informed them he wanted out months ago. Like this has been coming. There has never been like a maybe they could patch things up. Like everyone in the league knows the deal. It's just about whether or not Daryl Morey um, can get the kind of deal that he wants for him. So writing's been writing's been on the wall. You have the comments from Embiid. You got the the subtweeting from Doc, or not even the subtweeting from Doc Rivers, but there's just the you know, can he be you know the point guard on a championship team? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Like yeah. what? Like that's so, so brutal. Do you want to go the Do you want to go the the trade route discussion, or do you want to go the messy drama d- direction? Which way do you want to go, Jackson? Because I have stuff for you. Oh. For Let's start messy drama first, and we'll see if we can squeeze in some trade stuff at the end. So here's my favorite part of this. This is my favorite part of this. Last week, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report uh, reported on the New Orleans Noel lawsuit that we talked about last week on the show. And in that article on Bleacher Report, Jake reported that he backed up the the assertion that several teams had had not been contacted by Rich Paul despite having interest in signing Noel. In that article... Jake, an excellent reporter and the author of a book on the tanking process in Philadelphia, I might add, reported that two teams, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Houston Rockets, were both interested in signing Noel and couldn't get through to Rich Paul. When Rich Paul or when Nero Noel was a free agent, who was running the Los Angeles Clippers, Jackson? Oh, why am I blanking on this? Doc Rivers. There we go. Doc Rivers. Why? It took me a second. It's been a long day. All right. Anyways, Doc Rivers, continue. 
and this one should be easier for you. And who was running the Houston Rockets when New Orleans Noel was a free agent? Hmm, Daryl Morey. <laughs> and so you have Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers running organizations that talk to Fisher, somebody in the organization, not saying it was those guys, somebody in the organization talked to him in an article asserting, basically backing up the idea that Rich Paul, who's currently in a conflict with the Sixers, whose head coach is Doc Rivers and general manager is Daryl Morey over Ben Simmons. Then you have the report that came out earlier this week uh, that Tyrese, there was, a, there was a report about Tyrese Maxey and how he was canceling stuff. Um, Kendrick Perkins got involved and refuted the Tyrese Maxey stuff. And if you're wondering how that works out, well, Perkins is good buddies with LeBron and LeBron's obviously wrapped by clutch. This is messy. Like, that's been the whole thing under the subtext is this is not just like a thing with Simmons and the Sixers. This is also involves Rich Paul. Like this is a whole cluster go of NBA drama going on out in Philly. Cl- a cluster? There we go. I, I try. I tried to work the pun a in clutch, there. A clutch. A clutch. Or fu- a, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, great. Great job, Matt. Um, this is a, this is a PG thirteen friendly program. Okay. No. Um, you know, I, I think that I, I've asserted this for years now, but the NBA is the best soap opera on running television right now. Like the just the drama that takes place off the court, and then you get into all these different ties, the social circles, all of this. And we're seeing it all play out in real time with the Ben Simmons situation and just how ingrained clutch is and how many different angles there are and all the politics at play here. And frankly, I'm I'm deriving a little bit of enjoyment out of this just because Daryl Morey abandoned ship in Houston right before the onset of the James Harden trade request. And now he's just a year, not even a full year removed from that, now having to deal with another star and forcing his way out of a unsavory situation. And he has even less leverage here because Ben Simmons is not James Harden. And uh, he also has less leverage in this situation. Like it's just, it's uh, just a little bit of, you know, cosmic karmic retribution. That's all. I will say that based off of what I've understood about the situation, it was less a matter of Daryl sneaking out or abandoning ship and more that, the owner of the boat had a gun pointed at him and was telling him he had to, to get off of the ship. So, but that's like an entirely messy thing. Can I ask you about Joel's tweets? Yeah, go for it. So, uh, Jeff Zilgit of USA Today, a really trusted, reliable reporter, reports that the Simmons and Bead rift has been escalating. A person with knowledge of the situation told USA, USA Today Sports. Uh, Embiid responded and quote tweeted it from a, an aggregation site and said, sources, trust me, bro. Stop using my name to push people's agendas. I love and hate drama. I love playing with Ben. Stats don't lie. He's an amazing player and we all didn't get the job done. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because we know we're good enough to win. Um, he comments about how Philly fans have kind of crushed him, uh, crushed Ben. And then he says, for clarity, I love the criticism. I love when I'm told I can't do something. It makes me work harder to prove everyone wrong, but not everyone is built like that. Some people, like the Sixers fans were obviously like, no, 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 he's supporting Ben. And we're all like, no, he's not. That, that's not what you say if you're supporting Ben. What are your thoughts on Joel's comments? First of all, I before I... You'll, before 
just need to make this very clear. That's not the guy to, to come at, bro. Like, that's not the one. In the media circles, Jeff is solid as a freaking rock. He's never reported anything that has been inaccurate. That is absolutely an inaccurate description of Jeff of Jeff Zilga and how he does business. Okay, what do you think about Joel's tweets? I definitely, for the, the, the for clarity one, I definitely think that reads as like some subtweeting there because that's not... That's not the way you follow that up, right? Like in just the specifically, but not everyone is built like that. Like just that line. And I I can kind of see how some people were, were try would try to defend that and be like, no, 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 he was defending Ben. And, but I don't know. I, I just think that ultimately, I think a lot of the, like, even at times, like the on the court frustrations, the visible, like just, you know, I, I don't see it. I don't see the relationship lasting there. And I think it's more just a, a PR stunt, if anything, to, you know, by Joel Embiid to kind of try and say the right thing, do the right thing. If anything, maybe Daryl Morey's texting him and saying, hey, man, you got to jump on Twitter and like, help me out here. Just, you know, help out just a skosh. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you got everything that comes out. Daryl's going to be like, stop that, stop that, stop that, stop that, which is the other kind of side of this. Um, let's take it. Can we take a break and we can talk about the trade stuff on the other side before we do stock report? Yeah, we got to talk about the trade stuff because we got, you know, there's definitely a couple trades that are absolutely staring me in the face. And we're going to get there in just a moment after a message from our friends over at Sweat Block, because look, sweating is uncomfortable. It's not fun unless you're at the gym working out like that's fine. That's the one place you want to sweat, right? But when you're going about your day, running errands, business meetings, maybe you're going out for a first date, hang out with friends, sweating is uncomfortable. It can cause anxiety. It can make you just, you know, you lose your confidence. You don't want to have to worry about what you're going to wear when you're going out, that kind of stuff. Sweat block can help you out with that. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per application. They have a dry shirt guarantee where if you don't have a dry shirt after using Sweatblock, you get your money back. Guaranteed. No questions asked. Sweatblock is a stronger and more effective uh, clinical antiperspirant alternative. You just put it on right before you go to bed, wake up the next morning, go about your day, do your routine, all that good stuff. And you're going to have dry, dry arms, you're not going to be sweating through your clothes. None of that. No more awkward, you know, worrying about what you're going to wear. No more worries about, are you going to sweat all the way through your shirt or anything like that? Just go about your day without any of those worries. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on also available at Amazon and CVS. So again, that's 20% off at sweatblock.com when you use promo code locked on. We're also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Thursday, getting ready to dive into some Ben Simmons trade hypotheticals because Matt, there are two that are just staring me in the face. <laughs> And that is Portland Trailblazers and Golden State Warriors. Hmm. Okay. So here are the two that surfaced this week. And again, I just find it fun to like point out this stuff um, to, to listeners that may not be like thinking about like the bigger picture. So 
the two reported this week, the Raptors were mentioned by Shams Trania. The two other teams that have been mentioned in discussions are the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Sacramento Kings. Huh. Those are kind of weird options. Not exactly juggernauts, not having a whole lot of all-stars on those teams, right? Gerson Rosas is the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Gerson Rosas used to work with Daryl Morey in Houston. Yep. Monty McNair is the GM of the Sacramento Kings. Monty McNair used to work with Daryl Morey in Houston. Now, look, it's true that the most likely trade partners are always people that the GMs have a prior experience with. But if you're Daryl Morey and you're still trying to get the trade value up, calling your old friends, your old colleagues, the people that worked with you, and being like, hey, why don't we put out there that we're discussing a deal because it'll raise the value as a favor that seems pretty plausible um the blazers one are you talking about the dame one or the cj one the cj one because i don't think i don't think a dame for ben simmons package makes sense for portland at all like not not until dame comes out publicly and is like yeah i want out or something to that effect right like that would have to be catastrophic and obviously Philadelphia, Daryl Morey, they're, you know, try or were trying to bide their time and and hopefully maybe see if, if things kind of played out that way. But right now, the one that's staring me in the face is the CJ McCollum trade. So I think it makes sense, but by all accounts, Morey just doesn't, isn't like if Morey wanted CJ McCollum, that deal would be done. Like it'd be done. Well, I would think it would be done. Uh, there's a, there's a line of thinking from the people I know that, are close in Portland that Neil O'Shea is basically never going to trade CJ. Cause that's a guy that he drafted and he's very attached to him. That Neil O'Shea is just like going to hold on to him. I agree. It makes sense on the surface. Um, I do have a nice little three way though for you involving we love the a other, good three way involving the other team that you mentioned. When <laughs> you you said for that when you mentioned uh, your trade options. So, I love the idea. Ben Simmons goes to the Warriors. Draymond Green goes to Portland. And CJ McCollum and pieces go back to the Sixers, including pieces from Golden State. That gives that gives Dame an all-star, all-defense role man that can pass and hit guys and do all of that. The shooting is obviously an issue, but you're get you are loading up to make a run with Dame getting him a top-level defender and a pick-and-roll option who can actually create off the dribble with use of Nurkic Kant in Draymond Green. It gives the Warriors a long-term upgrade over Draymond as Draymond gets older, which, and obviously Draymond is Draymond and has drawn the ire of the organization at several points. And with CJ McCollum and something else going back to the Sixers, maybe Daryl Moore gets a few more pieces out of the deal. I think the issue is still... That none of these trades, including like the Sacramento talks, reportedly the King said, just so you know, Fox is not an option. I don't know that the, that the Sixers are all that interested. Maury continues to be very firm in like, you have to get back a number two guy, like a clear number two guy. And whether it's Portland not wanting to trade McCollum or Sixers not believing in McCollum as a number two guy on championship team. Either way, it doesn't seem like there's like a a fit there that fits what all these teams are kind of going for. At least not a one for one fit. 
I like that three. I like that three team trade scenario. I, I am not inclined to believe that the Warriors would trade Draymond at this point. If I mean, I like I get it, and I see the clear upgrade and all of that. But then there's just that level of like he's still Draymond Green. He's still so important to what that franchise has accomplished. And but you get think about ownership, right? Light years. Like the whole tension point came from ownership, believing that the organization that they built was why they were great on top of Steph. Right. And that I think that there's a lot of love and appreciation for Draymond, but especially after the KD interview, like at some point, I mean, we've been waiting for the, for the Draymond thing to blow up in golden state for a long time. And maybe it never happens. Like you're right. Like maybe, and Honestly, this may be as simple as Steph Curry being like, nope, Draymond's my right. guy. I'm keeping Draymond no matter what. I will be unhappy. But like Steph has never been the type of guy to kind of exert that kind of pressure, right? Like he doesn't do that. If they trade him, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to miss playing with him. It sucks, but that's well, how it we, goes. We, we don't know. We don't know how we, he doesn't look like he publicly throws his weight around, but we don't know how much he throws his weight around in private. Sure. So that's a possibility, but we didn't even get to my Andrew Wiggins for Ben Simmons trade scenario, which is completely Ugh. out of left field. <laughs> and that would just be a poo-poo platter to take yeah. back if you were Daryl Morey. You just, but... you just want to suggest that one because you want revenge on Morey. You just want Daryl I mean, Morey to, to, to get little, Wiggins for Simmons. That's just a little bit. Because, I mean, if bit. you go from potentially entertaining Simmons for Harden to Simmons for Wiggins. for Wiggins, or and then there's a part of me that wants to entertain Simmons for John Wall, but that's neither here nor there, just because I think <laughs> that would be hilarious in its own right. Um, don't want the Houston Rockets cap tied up in that, though. But coming up, we got to get into NBA stock market uh, Northwest Division. We're going to do that in just a moment after a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because if you haven't had a protein bar you've actually enjoyed before, you need to check out Built Bar. They have so many amazing flavors to choose from. Coconut, raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, strawberry, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. Matt, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Uh, I like strawberry. It's really good. There we go. All right. So, so many choices to choose from. Every single bar, low sugar, low cal, high protein, high fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight. And the best part about these bars, right, is they're protein bars that basically taste like a candy bar. They're not gritty. They're not chalky like other protein bars on the market. You can check them out. Just visit built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's built.com using promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your very next order. We're also brought to you today by Bet Online. Jackson, I've put in so much money on NFL futures, just an absolutely gross amount on NFL futures, betting a lot of unders because that's always been profitable. Uh, and I have a long shot Browns Falcons Super Bowl matchup ticket. That's definitely going to absolutely be money. I set on fire by midseason. But if I want to do that, I got to go to Bet online it's that time of year again all eyes are turned to football teams are back on the gridiron as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season you get all the updated odds props and contests including the online's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using promo code locked on to receive your 100 welcome bonus you get to take advantage of their opening day super promo which is you make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys buccaneers are still like six and a half in that game and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to 25 dollars for new customers only when signing up and using promo code nfl 100 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Thursday, diving into NBA stock market, Northwest division. And first up, just like we did with the Southwest division, if you missed us last week where we powered through uh, the five teams in the Southwestern division, we're going to go with probably the, we'll just go top to bottom, right? In the division. All right, cool. Let's start with the Utah Jazz then. So just quickly, quick summary as to what the Jazz have accomplished this offseason. They added, they brought in Rudy Gay on a two-year deal. They brought in Hassan Whiteside. They brought in Eric Pascal. Uh, Pascal, 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 Pascal. There we go. That one, his name always throws me off. Pascal. There we go. Uh, drafted Jared Butler 40th overall in this past NBA draft. Uh, they lost Derek favors and Georgia's Niang. They also retained Mike Conley on a three-year deal. So where are you at, Matt? Are we buying? Are we selling Utah jazz? We're holding. On regular season, we got. I have the Jazz as the number one seed again next season. Their schedule is exceptionally easy. The floor on this team is really high. Rudy Gobert is the best drop defender in the regular season, and everyone plays drop in the regular season. This is going to be another fantastic regular season team that flames out in the playoffs. It's just that's how it's going to be. Is that Rudy Gay uh, will help them quite a bit? I think off the bench, I think that's a good upgrade for them. I like the moves that they made. Jared Butler was a great draft pick this team gets schemed off. They just do. They get schemed out in the playoffs. It's not that Gobert gets played off the floor. It's that he's not able to punish switching defenses, which inherently mess up uh, their offense overall, and then provides too much shooting for him to cover on the other end. It's not that it's all on Gobert. The perimeter defense from the other guys could be better, but they didn't upgrade any of that. They didn't move Ingles. They didn't move Bogdanovich. This team still has a lot of defensive weak points on the, on the perimeter and offensively Gobert is a zero unless he's dunking. Uh, so I will go ahead and maintain this would be a great regular season team. Love their over buying them their stock for the regular season, but selling them in the playoffs once again. Yeah. So, I mean, same, uh, same idea in the sense I was going to ask if I could, if I was allowed to buy them in the regular season, then sell them come postseason, uh, because that's essentially where I'm at. So, I mean, whether that means I'm holding or whether that means I'm just selling overall, uh, I don't buy into the fact that they addressed the issues that were so prevalent in this past postseason issues that you and I addressed, uh, in many a postgame recap, talking about the jazz's struggles and Rudy Gobert just, Again, not being able to punish opposing teams. So I'm going to just say selling. So I'm going to go even further than just holding. I'm selling the Utah Jazz. So that brings us to your beloved Denver Nuggets. Well, well, moved here in 2012, covered the team. Wouldn't say that they're beloved. My Grizzlies, I think, are beloved. But I'll say this. That's fair. Not beloved, but maybe my beloved. Everyone thinks it's though. Everyone's like, wait, but you're on Locked On Nuggets. Um, I'll say this about the Nuggets. Uh, I'm buying them. I think this is a serious title contender by the time Jamal Murray gets back. I think they hold the fort until he does. I think Michael Porter Jr. makes a leap this season. I think Aaron Gordon fits more better into the offense. I think they get some improvement from Zeke Naji. Uh, I think Bones Highland gives them a little bit of a bump. And this team is just, with Nikola Jokic, they're too good really to fall off. And they're proven to be a serious threat in the playoffs. This team is made is better in those moments when everything gets tough. I like their adversity. Uh, their ability to handle adversity. I'm buying the Denver Nuggets. Spoken like the host of Locked on Nuggets. 
Yep. Yep. No, I, 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 I have to, I, I'm inclined to agree. I, I buy nuggets as well, mainly because I've just been very, I've been extremely high on them and it's so funny. Like I see, you know, all these rumors like this past season, right. Of like, Oh, okay. What's going on with Michael Porter jr. All this stuff. Like, are they going to deal him? Is he, you know, do he and, you know, Mike Malone get along? Like what's, what's yeah. going on there? And I'm just like, who cares? Like they're a young team. And I don't yeah. think that, I think that's the one thing that I think a lot of people miss out on is they keep thinking, the Nuggets have to do something drastic to be ready to like compete right now and be true title contenders. No, everybody's so young on that team that they can kind of weather the storm of some of these like upper echelon Western Conference teams, even though they are upper echelon Western Conference in my eyes. They can kind of weather the storm of like, what is it? LeBron's like fourth prime um, and right. kind of wait to see if he retires. Right. right. And, and Jokic will be entering his prime. Murray, prime. Aaron Gordon, prime. Like it's, it's going to be really interesting to see where, where that team goes. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy the nuggets. Um, all right. Uh, and that doesn't even include the additions that they had. I mean, they brought in, uh, Jeff green, who's been, yep. you know, a, a largely, you know, nice impact player, wherever he goes, whether in a spot starter role or off the bench, uh, bones Island looked good in summer league, liked what I saw out of him. Uh, and then bringing back will Barton, Austin rivers and Jamichael green key players retaining those guys, um, makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's go up to, uh, who do we have next on our list? The Portland Trailblazers. Just got done with our hypotheticals. Um, man. There's so much up in the air with Portland. It's hard, right? Like it's, it, there's. Here's the thing. is like, I like their summer. I like their summer a lot. Tony Snell was literally the best jump shooter in the league last season. He was literally objectively the best jump shooter in the league by shooting percentage last they, they added so just to run through their pieces right so obviously they had they recently had the the three-team trade acquiring larry nance jr uh oh. they added cody zeller they added ben mclemore they added tony snell they drafted greg brown the third um you know they did lose zach collins uh they traded Derek jones jr they lost mellow to the lakers and that group of geriatrics over there in la now um and they lost, lost terry stotts <laughs> lost mellow Lost Mellow, um, yeah. you're right. My bad. Lost Mellow. Lost uh, and Mellow. They, and they brought in Chauncey Billups. So, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If Billups is the coach that Neil O'Shea is banking that he is, this team could wind up being like a four seed and being like the team that's like, drag, like, oh, look look out. Like, look, what a great story. Dame was going to leave. And now, like, look at them. They're really, they're in Syria. And then they're going to lose in the playoffs again because I don't think that you can build a good defense with Dame and, and use of Nurkic together. Not that Nurkic is a bad defender. It's just that he can only play drop. And if you have to play drop, Dame has to get over the screen and Dame can't get over the screen. And CJ McCollum can't get over the screen. They're too, like, this team added Robert Covington next to Nurkic along with other with Norman Powell, and they still couldn't get stops. So this team is just never going to be able to get stops. Um, I like the moves that they did, they made on the bench, especially because that, that unit, those bench units, with Nance and Zeller, Zeller, surprisingly, last season, this shocked me, was one of the best switching centers in the league last season per possession suffers in other coverages, but Zeller's really good at switching. So is Larry Nance. Larry Nance is a really high level defender now at this point in his career. They have real defenders and some more versatility, but their core unit, I don't think that they can actually get the stops that they need. And as good as their offense is, it's never enough. So I will sell with the caveat that it wouldn't shock me if they had another strong regular season. Like I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened but I do not believe this team can win a title or make the finals. I am selling their championship stock. Do you think CJ McCollum is still a blazer 
post trade deadline this season. And that's, so, I mean, that could be any time between now and trade deadline, like that he gets dealt, right? I'm not putting a timetable. I'm just saying, yeah, yes. I will say that. Yes, he is. Because I think if, if things go haywire, you don't trade CJ because you basically know you're losing Dame and you wait and then you try and rebuild with CJ. I think that's the old Shea approach. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my that's my best guess is that, yeah, is that CJ McCollum remains a Blazer into the next summer. I'm just going to I'm going to hold the Blazers for now okay? because I think they're in an interesting position. And you're right. The acquisitions that they have made and. Dame could do Dame things, right? And, you know, yeah. the West could the West could be a bloodbath and maybe the Blazers luck out in a few spots and, you know, they could be in that four to six range. And it, again, if Billups pans out as the cut, right? There's, there's a lot going on there. I'm going to hold the Blazers for now. Um, let's go. Who is technically the worst team between these last two? It's going to be the Thunder is the worst. Timberwolves have to be next. There we go. Okay. T- so we'll do T-Wolves next. Um, so... Basically, a whole lot of nothing for the T-Wolves. Brought in Patrick Beverly, and they lost Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez and Ricky Rubio, and they didn't retain anybody, and they didn't extend anybody. They have so much talent. Like, they should start putting it together. Like, like how much more, like, how much time do you give cat and d and hope that they like do something together i'm That's buying to duo on paper i'm buying i'm buying the wolves. buying i'm buying the wolves you want to know why okay chris finch why? chris finch like there were real signs towards the end of the season that chris finch had them actually competing and turning things around i think another full year uh with development from anthony edwards with development from the rest of them with cat you know no COVID stuff, a normal season. I think that there's a chance. We'll see what happens if they trade for Simmons. That's only going to increase, um, I think, my position on the on the Wolves. I, I like them. I just okay. Do. So I mean, okay. So first off, what what are you trading for Simmons though? Dilo, who's good friends with them, which would be awkward. But that's like the only move that you can. Like that's the only thing you can trade. So you're, so you you're high on a, a core of cat. Simmons and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, Edwards gives and, you I, what, and and depending on how depending on how much you know if he continues to throw around his weight, potentially Tyrese Maxey as well. If Rich Paul has his way and ships him out with Ben Simmons, well, per- Kendrick Perkins says that's not true. Which New Orleans Noel <laughs> had a really funny quote tweet about that. Um, look, I don't know what that trade looks like. I really don't. Maybe it's you know the the hope is like it's just Malik Beasley and whatever else, and I don't think that gets it done. Right. So I'm skeptical of the Wolves actually getting the trade done. If they get it done, I like it even better. But if not, look, I, I think Edwards was really good last season. I think that he's a guy that, you know, the shooting numbers aren't going to, weren't going to be good because most rookie shooting numbers aren't good. I think another, another season, strength training, the whole work, he gets better. I think Cat is phenomenal. I think he's just an, an incredible player. I think Chris Finch is a really good coach. It's going to get the most out of the offense. I think they'll sneak up on some teams. I'm not saying this is going to be like a playoff team. I could see them hanging around and potentially snagging nine or 10 and being a pain. And I like, it wouldn't, if somebody has a bad game in that, in the play in tournament, I could see that them slipping in to a playoff spot. Cats really good. Cats really good. This team has been mismanaged and, and really badly coached for a lot of years. And I think that they finally got 
the guy that they need. They're not going to be good defensively. Look at the West. Most of the teams aren't going to be good defensively. Like the some of the powerhouses in the Western Conference are Dallas can't defend, Portland can't defend, the Nuggets only sometimes. Like it's an offensive league and it's an offensive conference. And so I think the Wolves can hang in there and maybe be I think I'll put it this way, I'm buying them because I think one of either them or the Kings surprise teams this season. If you had to put your money on which one you think surprises people, I'll take the I'll take the Wolves just because the Kings are such the Kings just <laughs> So very the Kings. So very the Kings. I can't, I, I, I know I get it. I get it. But here's the thing is just like, we always have one team that surprises, right? There's always like last year was the Knicks. Like nobody saw the Knicks coming. And I, I think the Knicks roster is better than, than the Wolves. But I think the Wolves have a lot of room for upward growth. They're still very young and they've got See, the, Pe- the Pelicans are my surprise team. Like that's, that's, that's the team that I feel has the chance has the chance to really step in and put it together this season. So that maybe that's why I'm also not like willing to buy in on Timberwolves because I already bought in on Pelicans as being my kind of like surprise. Okay, they're they're making that step this season. My argument for for you there would be I don't I think the Pelicans chemistry is real bad and it has been real bad. I think it's a dangerous combination of personalities in that locker room, and I think the Wolves genuinely like each other. There's something to be said for that chemistry there, but. It's not enough to sell me okay. on the Timberwolves, which is why I'm selling the Timberwolves. Okay. So that brings us to our final team, <laughs> the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, which I feel like kind of puts us in a very similar predicament as to when we were discussing the Houston Rockets. How do you buy, sell, evaluate a team that is clearly rebuilding and clearly just stockpiling and accumulating assets and developing young talent? Um, do we assess their off season do we assess how they think how we think they're going to do com- relative to last season do we just count the number of first round draft picks Sam Pe- Presti has in his cupboard and grade him based on that um how do we approach this Matt uh, I have the Thunder currently at 19 wins Oof. um and I may lower them still oh like, th- and they're not the worst team in the league so there's that um, Who do you have lower than the Thunder at 19 wins? The Orlando Magic. I have the Magic with 13 wins currently. Oh, my. I think the Magic are going to be bad. I think the Magic are going to be bad. Like, <laughs> that's brutal. Amazing levels of bad. Um, I think the Thunder will just be bad. I, I don't, you know, they won the games that they did last season in large part because of an early season run. Horford was playing. Shea was playing. This is one of the weird things. Like they extended Shea, but I still think he's probably shut down by mid season. This team is not, is not been, has not obfuscated their intentions. They've made things very obvious. Like the Rockets got Alperin Shagoon in part because the Rocket, the Thunder were just literally like, eh, he might make us too good next year. Eh. And like, they're, they're just going to keep taking swings to get superstars. They are just going to keep taking like this is the process. It really is. It is without all of the histrionics that came with it being in Philly and all the attention and calling it that the Thunder operate a lot quieter to their credit. But 
this yeah, there's is definitely the not there's definitely not the same spectacle. Yeah. Although you know you you still walk around in almost in any NBA conversation with anybody who cares about you know things that aren't that are taking place off the court as far as transactions go, and you know Sam Presti's name's going to pop up as to what he's been doing the this assets that he's accumulating the rinse wash repeat of take in veterans take on a draft pick or two to take on unwanted contracts offload says said unwanted contracts wave people buyouts yeah. all of this rinse wash repeat over and over until you own every draft pick between now and 2030 um at some point they have to cash in those draft picks though like you can't yeah. just keep accumulating draft picks no but they're just waiting to see what their lottery picks are like you start moving them once you have your core, right? They missed you, in the lottery. Like they missed in the lottery. Like I'll, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I, I, Jackson, honest to God, I don't expect the thunder to even start building upward until 2023, I think this year is a miss. I think next year is a miss. I think the year after that is when they will actually start building upward. So I you think don't think Shay, you don't think Shay's part of their future. No, I think Shay was rewarded with a contract uh, because one, it makes his deal, it makes it easier to move him later if you've got multiple years. But I also think it, I, I do think that there is a sense from them of like, no, we really like it. Like, we think you're a great worker. We think you're good for our, our culture. You fit with what we, with how we operate. Cause they are still like, this is a very professional team. They just lose professionally. Um, and they intend to lose professionally. And so if Shay gets to a point where he wants out, Sam Presti will probably accommodate that request. But at the end of it, he'll have made a ton of money and he'll probably have a very good young team around him to maybe do something with. But I do not anticipate the Thunder moving forward towards contention, I, I, even towards looking at being a playoff team, like with the same team down the line until 2024. So that said... We need a fourth term, but we need something more. We need we need something short. past buy, sell, and hold. Short them. That's it. We're, We're short, short them. There we go. Okay. All right. We're shorting the thunder uh, because of all of the presti shenanigans. The pros the pre prestying. That's not processing. It's prestying. The prestiging. The prestiging. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, we got to float that over to uh, Rylan. He's going to love that one. All right. Well, that covers our NBA stock market northwest. Be sure to tune back in to Locked on NBA Thursday next week as we will be doing the Pacific Division as we wrap up the Western Conference as we are progressing throughout the NBA offseason and getting ready for NBA basketball, which is under 50 days away, Matt. We are under 50 calendar days away from the start of the NBA season. Are you ready for it? I'm actually really excited and ready. I'm ready to do it. Let's go. I mean, I got a few weeks off. That's all I really needed. I'm ready to go. I can't wait for the season to start. It's going to be an exciting season, absolutely. Uh, but for today's episode, that is going to do it. So if you haven't done it yet, please be sure to subscribe to the show on the brand new Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app. We would sincerely appreciate it. Be sure to follow Matt on Twitter at HP Basketball. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. Be sure to check out all of Matt's work over at Action Network as well as Locked on Nuggets. You can catch me and all my Clutch City ravings over at Locked on Rockets. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on NBA Thursday. 